Oh yeah, enable the screen share. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Do that now. All participants. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, as always, Mac Rommel. And today, uh, we've got another special episode on our hands. We're going to be really focusing on the NFL draft today. I know the MLB season is approaching. We're going to be doing a lot of MLB stuff next week. Um, you know, opening day is going to kick off this week. But we felt that, you know, with the current events in the NFL offseason, it would be best to really, um, you know, make this a more draft-themed episode, um, as well as we got a big guest coming soon, too. So that'll kind of be, you know, future for the next few weeks or so. Um, but today, um, big, big news in the NFL world, and that's kind of what we're going to focus on before we go into our third mock drafts of the of the offseason. Um, we'll be rolling those out. But first, we are going to discuss the big trade, which, you know, I'm going to play a big part in the mock drafts. Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, 49ers, basically make a three-team trade, essentially. You could phrase it that way. Miami moves from three to six, Niners move from 12 to three, and Eagles move from six to 12. Uh, the Dolphins also garner a 2023 first-round pick from San Francisco, a 2022 first-round pick, I guess, from San Francisco. Um, and then they trade um, their – they traded their first. I'm trying to think of the – all right. So the right. Eagles received the Dolphins' first-round pick this year. They, they received the 12th pick this year, their first-round pick next year. Miami received – Three, the next, or I guess the, the Miami has a six pick and then the two first for the next two years for the 49ers. There we go. We got it down. The trade details are, uh, <laughs> it's a lot to, a lot to dive into, but more of the story Niners up to three, Miami down to six, Philly back to 12. So, Mac, I mean, what are your thoughts on this deal? Obviously, the 49ers clearly, um, you know, have a plan at three, probably a quarterback. I don't think they're trading up there to draft, you know, Kyle Pitts because, you know, they obviously yeah. have George Kittle. They're not going up for a receiver. And, you know, I, I don't think Panay Sewell is quite the need for them. So, clearly, they're going to be picking a quarterback. They find, love a quarterback there. So, you know, what are your thoughts on this deal for, you know, you can touch on any of the teams, however much you want. But, clearly, um, you know, big deal for the 49ers and for the Dolphins, you know, just continued excellence in terms of some of these trades. Yep, the 49ers are obviously trading up for their quarterback of the future. And I guess the main thing to look out for here is that the 49ers, they're saying if they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, he will be there. Uh, for this 2021 season so you're looking at a guy who will likely be a, a bench player a guy who's a backup behind Jimmy G for at least this season uh, and for who knows how long maybe he could overtake uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as the season goes along but right now you're looking at a guy that can come in sit behind Jimmy G my gosh my throat's a little raspy but sit behind Jimmy <laughs> and then come in eventually in, in the season or uh, in the following season uh, to play for the 49ers. So obviously they're coming out for the quarterback of the future dolphins. I think they easily win this trade. They gain a first round pick and you're obviously most likely going to be getting the same player that you would be looking at, at the third overall pick. Oh my gosh, my throat. But um, for the Eagles, I mean, it, it's a mess, this mess of an organiz organization. Of course, next year, next year you'll have three first round picks, but uh, this year, you're not going to be getting that number one receiver you want. Every year, you've been looking for that number one receiver. Last year, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. 
you messed that up. This year, you had the sixth overall pick. Uh, if this trade didn't happen, happen, uh, Miami could have taken uh, Jamar Chase at three. You could have Devonta Smith or, or uh, Jalen Waddle at six. But uh, now that that's all changed and you have the 12th pick, you're most likely not going to end up with any of those guys. You're most likely going to have to look for a guy on defense or even offensive line, whatever it may be. But Eagles, they're obviously looking for to rebuild this year. They're obviously uh, going to be terrible. But next year's when uh, they're <laughs> hoping to load up and make a difference on this uh, aging roster. Yeah, um, you know, the one thing I disagree with on you about your end is I don't think the quarterback the 49ers is going to draft is necessarily going to sit behind Jimmy G all year. I think, you know, he's going to be almost, if not starting week one, but, you know, really up there. I don't think you trade up for a guy at three and you bench him. I don't think that makes sense. Um, You know, it's just historically it's just not really happened. Uh, You know, you trade up to, you know, you trade all these assets and they clearly have their guy. So. Uh, maybe he'll sit behind him for half the year, but I really can't see him not playing a snap this year or not getting more than half the season starting. I, I just, does, that doesn't make sense to me, but you know, clearly not Niners have a plan there. They're going all in. You don't trade, you know, three first round picks um, to move up to this spot without drafting clearly a franchise quarterback. So they clearly see something, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Trey Lance, I doubt it's Mac Jones. I don't think they trade up for him all the way to number three. So clearly what a story that would be. That would be a reach and a clear reach. But Justin Fields, Trey Lance, clearly it's one of those guys um, in my eyes. So we'll see which one. Um, I don't know who you have in your mock. I know who I have. I'm not going to spoil it. But, um, you know, for Miami, like you said, they're getting their guy that they wanted. You know, Philadelphia – or not Philadelphia, Cincinnati. You know, that fourth pick I expect to get traded um, to another team, uh, you know, foreshadowing it, uh, that, you know, a quarterback, one of – Whoever doesn't get picked at three, I think, you know, first four picks in this draft are going to be quarterbacks, which is crazy. Um, you can't say that too often. Um, so the fifth pick, the Bengals, you know, I don't think they're taking a wide receiver necessarily. I think, you know, they're really going to be either Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell, one of those two guys. So Miami really gets their first choice of wide receiver, which is what they would have gotten at three. Um, that's what they would have drafted there. Um, you could argue they could take Panay Sewell. Um, but for me, this is the one thing that makes interesting about it, this trade for Miami, to me, um, it takes them out of Deshaun Watson and the running for him, um, you know, and I just think it makes it all the more likely that Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded this year. The only team for me that's left for Deshaun Watson is really the Carolina Panthers. To me, every other contender that you know was interested in him, to me, really has, you know, kind of set their plans and, you know, has their has their set sight on, on something else. For me, the Carolina Panthers are that only team really that, you know, remains maybe the Denver Broncos, but clearly San Francisco has a plan. Um, we just saw that and they were rumored to, you know, Deshaun Watson go there. Denver is a team, but, you know, I just don't see that happening. And, you know, I guess Carolina is really the only one left. So it really looks likely that Deshaun's going to be a, a Texan, which is just, you know, the situation is just crazy there. Um, but, yeah, I think Miami will get their guy that they wanted six. And then for the Eagles, you know, this move can go one of two ways. You know, I think they need a wide out um, at, 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 you know, six. Um, and maybe that's a little too early. Um, so they get some draft capital back, which I like. Um, You know, this deal, I think it has the potential to really work out for them, but it also has the potential to be a complete failure, depending on what some of these teams take. You know, if if those top three receivers and Kyle Pitts are off the board when they're picking, um, you know, it's going to be a colossal failure in my eyes. They need to land one of those guys still. Um, You know, that's key for them. So if they can't get one of those guys, they're going to be in trouble. But if they do, um, it's a good trade for them. So only time will tell, I think, with the Eagles on this one. I think it depends, um, you know, who falls, who's on the board at 12. Um, But overall – you know, Niners have their plan. Dolphins, you know, win this trade. And, you know, Eagles, time will tell. 
Yep, each team has their plan. Uh, Eagles next year are going to have three first-round picks, so that's obviously going to be a huge, huge storyline uh, depending on where those picks end up. Uh, if it's top of the first round, boy, oh, boy, the Eagles will be set up really well uh, for the future. Dolphins, uh, we know how well, how good they're going to be. And the 49ers, if they get this quarterback of the future and they hit on this pick, I mean, the 49ers are going to be right back in that Super Bowl contention as they were uh, just last year. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, and, you know, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, that's a, that's a crazy thing. You know, if this move, you know, doesn't, you know, Jimmy G has the no trade clause, but you know, who, who would trade for Jimmy G at this point? I mean, I don't know what team is really interested. It seems like the quarterback market, you know, that kind of ties into the Sean Watson thing. Quarterback market right now is kind of set. I think teams have their plan. Like to me, the Sam Darnold, you know, I don't know who, who would trade for him at this point. I think he's going to be a New York jet regardless of what they do it too. I just don't think there's an option. I mean, the Colts traded for once they took care of that. You know, the Rams, they were never really a contender, but they traded for Stafford, so you take care of that. The Bears don't seem like really an option. They, they seem like they're riding Andy Dalton for the year. So, you know, take out the Bears. You know, the Panthers, I, I don't think they trade for Darnold. You know, Texans, it just seems unlikely to Jets go Watson anymore. I don't see that happening. So, you know, Sam Darnold looks like he's staying put. I don't see a fit for Jimmy G other than New England. I think New England's the only possible place where Jimmy Garoppolo could land. Um, but, you know, the quarterback market really has taken shape. And, uh, you know, most of these jobs, it, it's pretty clear right now who will be uh, who will be there in 2021. So, yeah, yep. interesting to see. Yeah, I think a lot of these quarterbacks are going to end up staying put. I mean, no matter uh, whether if a team drafts a quarterback or not, these quarterbacks are going to be in the same, sp uh, same spot. You spoke on uh, Sam Darnold, of course. Uh, right now it's looking like it's obviously going to be Zach Wilson at that number two spot. And uh, Sam Darnold and all these other guys, if you're looking to move on from him, uh, just think about the other teams that would be interested. And as you said, uh, you mentioned a bunch of them, but the quarterbacks that all these teams have, they're kind of equal on the level of uh, talent that they have, Sam Darnold and all these other guys, like lower level um, players. Like, I mean, you can compare uh, Drew Locke, but they're all kind of on the same level of like top 20, uh, 25, a little bit outside of the top yeah. 25 quarterbacks in the league. So uh, it really wouldn't make a difference for uh, some of these quarterbacks to get moved on from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. As you said, Patriots would be an ideal spot for him, but after signing Cam, it's not looking likely. They do like Mac Jones a little bit. So, it's it's gonna it's gonna be very weird to say the least uh what the competition will look like on some of these teams yeah i think only time will tell and uh i guess with that we can jump into the mock dress i don't think we really have too much more so um do you want to start or do you want me to start i got this let's see how this voice holds up <laughs> yeah all right is it gonna load all right it's saying oh boy well all right let's share the screen hopefully this is it this is it there we go. NFL March draft 3.0. Uh, I don't know if Griffin said this before, but it will be 32 teams uh, this time. The first 20 uh, will be kind of going in depth as we have. We'll have the positions of need in the following slide. We will have the player uh, from 20, 21 to 32. They're all on the same uh, screen, so we'll just kind of list them off uh, as we go through. But obviously the first pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars team needs, obviously, quarterback, safety, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and tight end. They did get Marvin Jones, so that wide receiver position uh, isn't as important, but it still needs to be addressed. Tight end position, uh, they still need to look for an upgrade there. But Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, going to be taking quarterback Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Uh, this picture, I don't know why it's, it looks like it's super low, but we'll just go with it. Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people considering that generational talent. Uh, I don't see him that way. I just think he has the uh, – 
he's the least likely quarterback in this draft to bust. I mean, he's basically a guy who he at the worst will be an average starter. And I think that's why uh, he has to be the slot for the number one pick. He does have all that potential, but uh, I don't think he's going to be that generational guy. A lot of people are saying number two, overall pick of the new York jets uh, team needs are edge cornerback, interior offensive line, running back and tight end. And for me, I, I preluded it preluded this pick before and it's Zach Wilson out of BYU he had his pro day the other day I mean some of these throws he was uh, off axis and off kilt I mean he he's just a beast and I this I'm actually speechless on how good this guy is going to be I was never high on him really until I saw, saw this pro day I watched him more and more and this kid is going to be a beast I know Griffin is going to be happy with this pick uh, Zach Wilson is a New York Jet, and uh, poor Sam Darnold will not be having a job uh, after this draft with the Jets. Well, he won't have the starting quarterback job, I should say. But third overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers uh, via Miami, as we talked about before. Uh, team user cornerback, safety, defensive tackle, quarterback, and wide receiver. Obviously, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, but right now I have them taking Trey Lance, uh, quarterback out of North Dakota State. I see Smart over there, so we're going to see what you have. But I think think as you said before uh he's either gonna come in uh, i'm not sure if he's gonna start right away but at some point in the season i think he is gonna get some snaps in uh and this is a quarterback who everyone's saying he may be best if he sits behind a, another quarterback for a little for a few weeks at least uh to develop and i think this would be a great fit for him with the 49ers uh, he'll get some extra help from kyle shanahan and i think this will be a great fit um if he was coming in to start right away and we knew that whatever quarterback they selected was going to come to start right away uh this pick for me would be justin fields but because of that uncertainty and that they still are keeping Jimmy Garoppolo and say he is the quarterback uh, for this year. Uh, I'm going to stick with Trey Lance at this pick for right now. Fourth overall, the Atlanta Falcons. Teammates, edge, safety, cornerback, running back, offensive guard. And uh, I had to spice it up a little bit. The past few weeks, I've had them taking a quarterback. I'm going to do something a little bit different here, and I'm going to get them a, another weapon in Kyle Pitts. I've seen this in more mock drafts now. Uh, just adding another weapon uh, who can make plays all over the field as Julio Jones is starting to age. Uh, he'll be that guy who is reliable on – all levels of the field, and he is going to be elite, arguably a top four tight end. I mean, just coming out of this draft, a lot of people are thinking uh, he will be. So Kyle Pitts, an Atlanta Falcon, I think uh, this offense will be filthy next year with Kyle Pitts at tight end. The fifth overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, team needs offensive tackle, interior O-line, uh, edge, wide receiver, and linebacker. But uh, Panay Sewell, the big man's on the board. I mean, he's a generational tackle. Uh, you have to take him up here. And you have to protect Joe Burrow and helpful and hopefully help Joe mix in that running game. Obviously, a running back who has a lot of talent but uh, uh, really hasn't played up to his expectations because of his offensive line play. Panay Sewell will come right in, and uh, he will fit well with this Bengals offense. Sixth overall pick via the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, team needs offensive tackle, edge, linebacker, wide receiver, and running back for me. Uh, this is ob obvious what pick this will be. It is Jamar Chase, the wide receiver, the same player they would have gone uh, if they were selecting at three, in my opinion, and most people's uh, opinion. So, uh, Eagles, you losing your player to the Miami Dolphins, and uh, we're going to have to see what the Eagles do and what falls down. But Jamar Chase, I think him, Devontae Parker, and uh, why am I blinking on the name of who um, – who else did they sign? They just signed the receiver. Was it Willie Will Sneed? Fuller. Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Will. <laughs> I'm forgetting that. But I think uh, Willie Sneed is on the Raiders. I think that's Raiders. Yep. 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 
So Jamar Chase coming into this potent offense, I think if they add a running back to the mix, this offense is going to be unstoppable on top of that great defense that they already have. Uh, the seventh overall pick, I have a trade. The Denver Broncos trade up with Detroit. They jump ahead of the Panthers. Team needs, you see the first one on there, quarterback, offensive tackle, interior offensive line, defensive tackle, and linebacker. And I think you trade up, you have to get Justin Fields in front of the Panthers who are looking for their quarterback of the future. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, I love, I know you love, and I think that competitiveness we saw in um, versus Clemson at the end of the year uh, really proved to me how well this quarterback and how good this quarterback is going to be in the future. He's going to be different than all of these other Ohio State quarterbacks that came out. You're seeing the no effort. You're seeing no toughness out of guys. Justin Fields is a complete opposite. He has the talent. He has the speed, and he's expected to run a a sub four, four in the 40 yard dash. Uh, so that'll definitely boost his draft stock. Uh, if, if that comes to life and if he does that, but Justin Fields in this Denver Broncos offense with Noah Fant, with Cortland Sutton, with Jerry Judy, with KJ Hamler, I think this offense will be great. And they already have a solid defense. So uh, the Broncos could make a push, um, in that division, they obviously won't win it with the chiefs, but with Justin Fields at quarterback, I think that will be a major upgrade for them. Eighth overall pick, Carolina Panthers. Team needs quarterback, offensive tackle, cornerback, tight end, and interior offensive line. It, it, it gets me upset to uh, say this and make this pick, but I have to do it. It's Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama. I do not like this guy at all, but I did like that one interview on his pro day, so that's why I'm going to give him at this eighth spot. Everyone's saying uh, his four is um, the eighth overall pick, which is the Panthers pick, so I'm just going to give it to him. Uh, Mac Jones, he has all the talent to be a great passer in this league. The question marks are really just the athleticism, and that's where uh, the quarterback comparisons with Tom Brady are being drawn. He can throw the ball, but he sure can't run that ball uh so the Panthers <laughs> getting that that immobile quarterback who passed the ball to players like dj moore and robbie anderson in this potent offense also with arguably the best running back in the league with christian mccaffrey with the ninth overall pick i have the detroit lions uh this is via denver obviously who traded up to the seventh overall pick uh team needs are wide receiver edge linebacker defensive tackle and safety and they're going to get the same player who I thought they would have taken at seven if the, this trade didn't happen and this is Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama uh, I still have Jalen Waddle above Devonta Smith I'm just worried about that height still but Devonta I mean excuse me uh, Jalen Waddle, he has the speed he has the route running he has the hands uh, he has the run after the catch ability all over the field I mean he came in for that one play against uh, Ohio State and he had that big game which uh, the big gain that really uh ended hopes for uh, Ohio State in the national championship. So uh, Jim I think Waddle, hopes were over really I, quick in that But <laughs> after that, I mean, I was still hoping as an Ohio State fan, you get the stop, you could potentially get that ball back and make some plays. But um, Jim Waddle sure ended that uh, with that nice end around that he had. So the speed was obviously shown there. The toughness was shown there when he didn't have to participate. And I think that's what will boost his stock. Um, he didn't have to play in that game, but he sure did uh, come out and he did make that one good play for Alabama in that offense. Uh, at 10, uh, the Dallas Cowboys team meets cornerback, a defensive tackle, offensive tackle, edge, and safety. I just dropped that safety spot down a little bit after that DeMonte Causey signing. Uh, you also got Keanu Neal, so linebacker isn't on there as well right now. And I have them taking – Taken from the Falcons. Just right from the Falcons. Just right from them. We're taking that secondary. J.C. Horn, <laughs> the cornerback out of South Carolina. Uh, you saw what he did his pro day. He ran 4.37 or 4.36, I, I believe. He, he really put – 
he did much better uh, than Patrick Sertan in all the categories. And Patrick Sertan had that great pro day. So that just goes to show you how athletic J.C. Horn is. He makes a bunch of plays. Uh, I forgot what game, who it was against. He had two interceptions. Uh, he absolutely balled out. If he could fix his handsiness and his grabbiness, I think he's going to be one of the better cornerbacks in this league. Um, he has all the athletic tools you need. And Patrick Sertan, uh, who I would also consider here, he just doesn't have that uh, borderline straight line speed uh, that it needs to cover some of these elite and fast receivers. And I think J.C. Horn has all the abilities to be a great a great cornerback uh, in this league. So J.C. Horn above Patrick Sertan for me in this mock We've draft. got some breaking news. Oh, boy. Let me check Marcus Aldridge is signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Yo, we just, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I guess uh, this segment from OTA Clips, we talked about the Lakers, we talked about the Nets, who would win, um, who would win it all, really. And now it's us, it's going to be the dang Nets. <laughs> wow. I mean, they don't even need him. I mean, they needed the Drummond. It just seemed yeah. like, you know, the reports on Drummond that he wasn't going to sign there. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's it said Miami was potentially the favorite, but all of a sudden, Marcus Aldridge goes to the Nets. It makes sense. I mean, they have Blake Griffin, but, you know, the big men, they still could use another guy off the bench and, and another veteran. But that is absolutely crazy. The Brooklyn so, Nets are doing. So, so, I mean, Lakers not in that conversation anymore. It's all Nets right now. Don't even watch the NBA. It was one of the finals. I mean, it sucks because the NBA is, is just ruined right now. I mean, the Nets are just it, – it's just not fair. I mean, you look at a team like the Brooklyn Nets right now where – I mean, if Spencer Dinwiddie was healthy, it'd just be even more ridiculous. Spencer Dinwiddie, obviously, after the year, but this team has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. I mean, they have other – Bruce Brown's playing good. Jeff Green, TLC. I mean, Nick Claxton, it's crazy. It's like you're playing Madden without the damn salary cap. Like, this is (laughs) – I mean, these these buyouts are ridiculous. They've now got Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean (laughs) – It it is – Something else. I mean, it really is. Oh my God. Wow. Marcus Aldridge. Oh my God. So, Marcus Aldridge clearly trying to win a championship. Um, Brooklyn is, I mean, they are absolutely loaded. Signed to a veteran's minimum, it says. Wow. I mean, maybe Drummond just goes there now since the season's over. I mean, I mean you get Drummond. I mean, uh, you know, it, yeah, no one's watching the NBA <laughs> if that happens. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's going to be hard for us to talk about the NBA because it's over. I mean, no team, no, yeah. no, none of these little Suns, cute Suns teams. Are, like, they're not doing anything, dude. Like, it's over. It's, it really is unfair. It wow. Really is. All right. Back to the mantra. From one New York team, uh, now we're on another New York team. The New York Giants team needs edge, cornerback, interior offensive line, tight end, and quarterback, wide receiver. Cornerback at number two. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You got James Brown. tight end. Tight end, too. Jeez. Evan Ingram. I mean, he's costing you some of these games. They signed Kyle Rudolph, too, though. I don't know. I still think. Cornerback, they signed a Dory Jackson. I'm just saying. I made some moves at those positions. I know that. I know that, okay. but okay. I'm not even going with the, with the position that's on this list. They got Kenny Galladay, and you're seeing the reports that this guy is basically a lock for the Giants if he's there. Bam, Devonta Smith, wide receiver. Devonta, Devonta. Smith. 
I mean, th- this really would be unfair. I mean, if the Giants got this, and as we said, we'd speak about Daniel Jones. The team's going to go as far as Daniel Jones takes them. You get Devonta Smith. I mean, you have Adore Jackson, Kenny Galladay, and if Dan- Daniel Jones can perform even just as an average quarterback. I mean, this team is obviously going to make the playoffs, and I think they easily win the NFC East with all the upgrade- upgrades that they have made. But even if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out, you have a bunch of these guys on a multi-year deal. So this will be basically the same team in two years. So if you want to move out from Daniel Jones after the season, you get a quarterback – and run it right back with the same team, and it will go very far. Devonta Smith, obviously, uh, one of the Heisman this year. It's just the lack of size that everyone's worried about, including me for him. He has the route running. He has the run after catch. He has the hands. He has everything. And Devonta Smith, as a number two to Kenny Galladay in this offense with Sterling Shepard there, Darius Slayton. I mean, this offense will be very, very hard to stop. And we also forget about Saquon Barkley, who will be back uh, on this team, on this Giants team. So Giants, uh, you're getting another star player at the receiver position this offseason. And now that leaves the Philadelphia Eagles. I think you just want to screw the Eagles over there. (laughs) 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 It's a little bit of everything, you know, but uh, team needs wide receiver, obviously linebacker, cornerback, quarterback. We're unsure of Jalen Hurts and offensive line, obviously almost every, uh, player on that offensive line is going to be retiring in about two years. So you're going to have to look for some future players there. Philadelphia Eagles, they need cornerback right there, and they're going to go out and get Patrick Sertan, the second of the cornerback out of Alabama. You're going to be able to – you're going to have to be able to stop some of these offenses in the NFC East. you got Terry McLaurin on the football team. You're going to have Kenny Galladay, and in this mock draft, you're going to have Devonta Smith on the Giants. You're going to have CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup on the Cowboys. You're going to have to find a way to stop it. You really don't have that secondary. Uh, a cornerback, a star player at the secondary right now, aside from Darius Slay, who last year he didn't play as expected, um, obviously after coming off of a big season with the Lions. Um, so Patrick Sertan and Darius Slay, that would be a huge help for this uh I was about to see New York Giants team, this Philadelphia Eagles team, uh, in trying to stop those potent offenses in the NFC least. Uh, and now 13, the Los Angeles Chargers team needs offensive tackle, cornerback, slot wide receiver, uh, tight end, and edge. Tight end, obviously, a bigger need now that you lost Hunter Henry to the um, Patriots. But Chargers, you have to take the best player on the board, uh, a versatile player in Rashawn Slater. You can play every position on the offensive line. I said offensive tackle right here because that's what a lot of people are just calling him, but he really is just an offensive lineman. Put him anywhere. And I'm going to keep saying this every single week. <clears throat> down Chase Young in 2019. You're obviously going to get picked high. And I think this is actually a steal if you get him at 13 for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now 14th, the Minnesota Vikings team needs edge, offensive tackle, offensive guard, safety, and wide receiver. They did just sign that bum Xavier Woods on that $2.25 million deal who says, oh, we expect uh, – you're expecting to get full effort every single play. It's your it's your freaking job. It's your freaking job to give effort on every play. That's why you're in the NFL. But I'm switching it up. It's always quitty pay here, and I'm giving them Elijah <laughs> Tucker. I had to switch it up. I had to do something different. Um, but – We'll just assume that it's quick pay every single mock draft uh, until the draft comes. But offensive guard, offensive tackle, USC, you're going to help Kirk Cousins. You're going to help Dallin Cook, who had uh, some injuries last year, uh, getting a versatile offensive lineman. I think that's what is special about this draft. All these offensive linemen could play a bunch of different positions on the line, and uh, that's why they're going to be taken so highly. Um, 
compared to some other drafts. Of course, last year, a bunch of tackles were taken super high in the top 10. But uh, in previous drafts before that, you really weren't seeing offensive linemen getting taken uh, as I expect them to get taken this year. Uh, so Elijah Vera Tucker, a Minnesota Viking, not quitty pay this time. You're not getting a defensive end. You're getting a tackle and guard. So next pick. Uh, oh, well. Oh, it, Spoiler. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we're going back real quick. You're in the Patriots. You saw the pick quarterback, uh, cornerback, wide receiver, defensive tackle, and edge uh, for team needs. They did sign Kyle Van Noy, but I mean, Michael Parsons, a guy who could rush the passer, a guy who could play in coverage. Uh, he could really do it all, and he's that kind of tweener guy that uh, Bill Belichick likes on his team. So I think Michael Parsons is literally a perfect fit uh, for the New England Patriots. Uh, he can do it all. He has a speed, of course. Uh, so Michael Parsons <coughs> is a New England Patriot after that loaded and stacked offseason that New England has had. Now with the 16th overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals are up. Team needs cornerback, defensive tackle, tight end, edge, offensive guard, Normally, this pick, if you look in a lot of the mock drafts, it's J.C. Horn. We're giving him a different cornerback today. Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, uh, he's going to be falling on a lot of people's boards. And in this draft, he's going to fall a lot. I think he'd even fall past 16. Uh, he's getting that second back surgery. He's having all these injury and health problems for a guy who opted out this season. Uh, he's really new to the cornerback position after playing quarterback for a few years. Uh, so uh, he's really a raw player, and you're kind of hoping on that he won't have any injuries. He will be able to translate to the NFL, but he obviously has the intelligence uh, after playing quarterback uh, for some time. So Caleb Farley is going to fall, uh, but if everything pans out, I think Caleb Farley is going to be one of the better cornerbacks in this league, as I said, with J.C. Horn. Uh, but Caleb Farley is an Arizona Cardinal. It's not J.C. Horn this time at 16, as you guys are a lot of see a lot of you guys are seeing uh, in some of these NFL mock drafts from other people. Now 17th, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the team needs are defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, safety, and edge. I'm giving them my boy, Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. A lot of guys, I think, why uh, he's kind of falling. You, you really don't know if he's going to be a safety, a linebacker, but he performed super well as a linebacker last year in the past few years, a guy that makes plays all over the field. I mean, you put up, you pull up his regular tape, uh, not highlights, and it's looking like every play is a highlight for him. I mean, that one play against, what was that, Clemson on the toss, I mean, he picked that off and he took it to the house. I mean, he has a knack for finding the football, making big hits and making plays sideline to sideline. And I think that's what you're going to be getting out of JOK, the special linebacker out of Notre Dame. Now at the 18th pick, Miami Dolphins are back up. Team needs offensive tackle, edge, linebacker, running back and safety. You're taking well, okay, you're taking wide receiver out of that after they pick Jamar Chase at six in this mock draft, and the Miami Dolphins go, and they get offensive tackle Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. You have to protect Tua. You're going to have to get help in that run game. Christian Darisaw is going to provide that for you, and uh, your offense is going to be loaded and taken to a next level uh, after uh, this draft. You go wide receiver offensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins. And now 19th, the Washington football team. Team needs quarterback offensive tackle, linebacker, wide receiver, and tight end. They did go out and they, get, they got Curtis Samuel, uh, the former Carolina Panther. But I still think you need a guy who could play outside and isn't really that utility kind of guy. And you're going to go out, get Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver uh, from Minnesota, a guy who opted out. But uh, he was making plays uh, two years ago when he was next to Tyler Johnson, of course, who's on the Minnesota, uh, I was about to say, the Minnesota Vikings, who's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, and he shined. He showed out and played much better than 
uh, Tyler Johnson. So he's definitely earning uh, this first round pick by uh, the football team. Uh, and really just thinking about Rashad Bateman and uh, Terry McLaurin, it, it's going to, it's going to be filthy. You got Fitzmagic back there, but uh, we're going to have to see, but uh, yeah. I mean, I've got a speechless. I keep mentioning these teams are going to need corners in the NFC East for these potent offenses, and uh, now you're going to need another one for some of these teams. So uh, I think the NFC East and these offenses, they are going to be very, very good next year, except for the Eagles, of course, who uh, kind of ruined that in this mock draft by not getting no <laughs> chance for a wide receiver. Uh, but 20th, the Chicago Bears, team needs quarterback, offensive tackle, interior offensive line, cornerback, and wide receiver. And I have them taking Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. You got to protect Andy Dolan. It's your quarterback of the future, your franchise <laughs> quarterback. Um, but uh, really, I think this pick is going to help out a player named David Montgomery the most. I mean, he had some electrifying games the past few seasons. Uh, and this year, uh, you saw a games where he bursted out for over 150 yards i mean he's special with the poor offensive line you come in you get tevin jenkins who locked up um also a potential first round pick in aziz ojalari uh in that game versus georgia i think tevin, tevin jenkins he's going to provide some great pass blocking for andy dalton who obviously didn't have much last year and it'll he'll provide some great run blocking for david montgomery as well and now here is the rest of the picks. So we'll just run through them quickly. Uh, the Packers, I have them trading with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they come up, they take Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern. Uh, you're pairing him with Jair Alexander. And I mean, this cornerback uh, group is going to be lethal. Last uh, year in that uh, NFC Championship game, you saw how important cornerbacks were. Kevin King obviously didn't get the job done versus that very electrifying Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. And I think the Packers and the Buccaneers are going to be competing for the NFC once again this year. So Packers, they need to get a defensive back who could help cover some of those guys. And you're going to be getting that with Greg Newsom. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they go out, get Rondale Moore. You lose Corey Davis to the Giants. So you're filling up that need at wide receiver. Of course, this would probably be an edge rusher if they didn't go out and overpay Bud Dupree. But Rondale Moore uh, is a Tennessee Titan in this mock draft. And next, we got back-to-back -back running backs. The New York Jets up first. They're taking Najee Harris, the running back out, out of Alabama. Zach Wilson. Najee Harris, Corey Davis. You're going to have a lot of guys on this offense who can get done. And, of course, Robert Sala, the brilliant defensive mind. So, even if you have average players. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like brilliant. <laughs> so, even if you have average uh, players on that defense, I think Robert Sala has the potential to make this defense good, uh, no matter how good the players are or how bad they are. I mean, he's just that brilliant of a defensive mind. So, I think you go offense for the first two picks. You get Najee Harris here, uh, Zach Wilson, Najee Harris, and Corey Davis, a pretty good uh, trio there for the New York Jets. And now we have Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'm having them take a running back. James Conner hasn't been getting it done really recently. Uh, so I'm giving them Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. He could do it all. Kind of looks like a little mini Alvin Kamara uh, out there. He ran pretty fast out of his pro day as well. So Pittsburgh Steelers, you're getting your James Conner replacement uh, in Travis Etienne. Now, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I got, I'm giving them Trayvon Mulrig, the safety out of TCU. Mel Kuyper had some similarities in this draft, <laughs> I must say. I'm recognizing a lot of similarities here. This guy, I mean, Trayvon Mulrig, I mean, if we're doing 32 teamers, I'm pretty sure I'm going to give Trayvon Mulrig to this 25th uh, Jack, 
was 25th on spot Jacksonville Jaguars every time. He needs some help uh, <laughs> positioning on C.J. Henderson last year as a cornerback. So you're really just trying to get that young secondary that you need, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not really sure uh, who would be a sure talent here at this position. I mean, you're looking at guys after him who I'll get into uh, next, but all these guys are kind of hit or miss players and I think Shavon Moore is going to be that one guy who's uh, at the worst going to be average so uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are getting an average at worst uh, safety in Trayvon Mulrig. Uh so yep next pick Cleveland Browns uh, this was a kind of a toss-up for me I want to give it between Christian Barmore Barmore but I actually gave it to Quiddy Pay the edge out of Michigan they fell they fell. These edges fell in this mock draft. And I you think love Quiddy Pay. What happened? If you one go, I think you're going to see a run on all of them. The Cleveland Browns are getting Quiddy Pay. You're going to be pairing them up with Miles freaking Garrett. I mean, come on now. A potent defense who just signed John Johnson. You're going to have Grant Delpit back. I mean, the amount of safeties this team has, the amount of cornerbacks this team has, uh, it's unbelievable. You add Quiddy Pay, and I think opposing offenses are going to do absolutely nothing. I see you nodding your head there, so good pick for the Cleveland Browns here. The Baltimore Ravens up next. I have them taking Aziz Ojolari. I kind of talked about that. He has a lot of upside. He has the speed, and he's a good pass rusher. He just needs a few more moves. But as I said, uh, Tevin, Tevin Jenkins really locked him up for the most part of that one game. So uh, he's going against another NFL talent, and he really wasn't able to do much. And I think that's why he's falling here to 27 for the Baltimore Ravens. But if you hit an Aziz, I think you're going to be getting a great player uh, who come off the edge after losing Matthew Judon to the Patriots. And next, we have the New Orleans Saints. It's kind of a toss-up between two cornerbacks for me. I was going to say Eric Stokes, but my heart, I chose Osante Samuel Jr. Uh, Eric Stokes, obviously, he has the length. He has the more ideal size that you're looking for in a cornerback. He ran that 4-3-4, I believe it was, uh, and whatever, that pro day or whatever it was. Uh, but he ran fast, but you're getting Osante Samuel Jr., a guy whose dad was also uh, in the league as a defensive back. Um, he is on the shorter side. He's five foot ten, but uh, he plays like he's bit much bigger than that. He goes up, he gets the ball, he can play man, he can play zone. The New Orleans Saints are going to need some help at cornerback, uh, and who knows if they're going to re-sign Marshawn Lattimore after next year? Will they have the money? Will they not? Uh, we're going to have to see. But if you can't re-sign him, you're going to be getting your guy future and Asante Samuel Jr., who you're we hoping could be a number one cornerback uh, for the team. And up next, out of the Indiana. Indianapolis Colts taking Gregory Rousseau, the edge out of Miami. Uh, he didn't play this past year. Uh, he played in 2019 and he was absolutely great. He just has a lot. Of, he has, it's either, he's probably the biggest boomer bust guy in this entire draft. He's going to be great or he's going to be absolutely nothing. He's going to be like a taco Charlton from the Cowboys in 2018 or 2017, whatever year that was. I mean, he has all the tangibles. He's six foot seven. He's six foot seven. He has the arm length. Uh, and I mean, he has the speed for sure. So Indianapolis Colts, uh, you're going to be taking a risk on a guy who has a lot of potential. Uh, but uh, I think the Colts are a great team, that great defense uh, with some other solid players. there, like the Forrest Buckner who could help develop Russo at that edge position. Uh, and up next, after the Buffalo Bills taking another edge defender out of Miami, uh, Jalen Phillips, a guy who's really been up in the air about uh, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, he's had those scares where he was thinking of retiring from college football. And I think that's why he falls here. He's obviously a guy who I think would go top 10, maybe even top five with the talent he's shown uh, a few years ago, but the injuries, it's, it's just so bad. He hasn't played really at all the past few years. Uh, the upside is great, but it's kind of like that Jalen Smith injury uh, from a few years ago. I'm going to keep saying these Cowboys comparisons, but uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, if you hit on him, I mean, he's going to be terrific, but uh, you're on, it's, it's, 
in my opinion, it's probably unlikely that he's going to play uh, most uh, for most of a season. He's probably going to play a few games before he gets hurt, uh, if he even plays at all. Uh, but Jalen Phillips, Phillips, if you hit on him for the Buffalo Bills, I mean, this defense will be ferocious. Bills, uh, if a running back was here, one of the run, top two running backs, I think you have to take him. Uh, your running game really hasn't done much. You signed Matt Breida, but he's not going to really help you out there much over Devin Singletary. Uh, but up next, I'm having the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, after losing your offensive tackles, you got to go out and you got to get another one in Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Big guy uh, who could run block, who could pass block, and you're really just filling that gap that um, that has been created from the Mitchell Schwartz loss uh, this offseason. And lastly, pick 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the team that just re-signs every single goddamn player you're just adding more depth, a player who can go behind and Dominican Sue and Christian Barmore and just ball out. I mean, you're going to be learning from some great guys how to pass rush, uh, how to stop and play better in the run game. You saw what he did uh, for Ohio State, obviously. Um, in the national championship, he was tearing it up, and I think that's the upside you're seeing and looking for and hoping to get out of Christian Barmore. But obviously, that loaded defensive line of the Buccaneers is definitely definitely going to develop uh, Barmore into a great uh, NFL player. And with that, whew, that was a long one. My throat, it didn't give up, but it sure is sore. Well, you got through, and uh, I definitely can say for sure that uh, you know this stuff a bit better than me about the draft. <laughs> to say the least. So, um, you know, for analysis on some of these guys, Mac is is the guy you want to listen to. But, of course, I'm going to be rolling out my big boy mock draft as well. Oh Seneca mock draft 3.0. Same font as always. Copy and paste yeah. of the, the yeah. little ting. We, you know, okay. saved some time, which was good. So, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, to start this puppy off, um, I don't know where our face game will be, but whatever. Um, so, team needs quarterbacks, still number one, O-line in general. Uh, obviously, you tag Cam Robinson, whatever. Tight end need, uh, linebacker, they need help, D-tackle. doesn't matter what I'm reading right now. It's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, superstar. Uh, neither of us are, are high on him as this generational prospect. I'll, you know, never be seen again. I can see many of these quarterbacks, um, such as Zach Wilson and, and even Justin Fields, under um, the right system, um, turning out better than Trevor Lawrence. But, um, obviously, the consensus number one pick. Um, you know, he's got all the tools, everything you could possibly want in a quarterback. Um, you know, only thing is, you know, you know, he has struggled at times. He struggles under pressure at times. Um, you saw that in the Ohio State game. Um, you know, he really, you know, made some, you know, not the best decisions there. So that Ohio State game really opened up eyes for me. And uh, yeah, but still number one pick. Number two, my New York Jets quarterbacks, number one for me this week. Um, it's clear Sam Darnold's done. So that means you got to get a quarterback O-line still in need. They didn't really address it this off season, to be honest. Um, not many great O-line guys. They went for Joe Thune, but they weren't going to pay that bag that he got. Cornerback is a need. Oh, outside the linebacker, a need. And tight end, definitely a need as well. They got a lot of needs. But Zach Wilson, the uh, quarterback at BYU, like you said, I was not hugely high on this guy. I kind of not understood the hype. And then, you know, his pro day hits. And, and you see this yeah. guy's the real deal. Great kid, um, holds himself well. Um, you know, the New York media is something else, but, you know, he seems like a good kid, um, you know, and I really like him. I think he's a good leader. He makes good throws. Um, and we saw that at the pro day. So for me, after that pro day, um, and it just seems like all the reports, Zach Wilson, he's going to be going number two. San Francisco 49ers. Oh, well, there he goes, a little spoiler there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miami, uh, they're going to be, you know, obviously picking a quarterback here, but 
And like you said, like we see, it's going to be Justin Fields in my eyes. But the team needs guard. They need to, they're kind of in shambles there. Um, but they fixed the rest of that. They re-signed Trent Williams, biggest deal, I believe, ever for an O-lineman. They signed Alex Mack, so good news there. They need cornerback, D-tackle, safety. But I'm giving them Justin Fields, the quarterback out of the 40, out of the 49ers. Goodness gracious. Out of, out of Ohio State. <laughs> and for me, the reason, you know, this is going to be Fields, and I think it's going to be Fields, is I, I truly don't believe the 49ers would have traded all the way up to three to draft Trey Lance. I think they want someone who has that big game experience that comes from one of these big programs that has played against some of these top-tier teams. And I, to me, that's not Trey Lance. And also, you got to remember, last year at the end of the season, people were asking, is Justin Fields, you know, on, on the level of Trevor Lawrence? And obviously, a few poor games this season, um, you know, yeah, a tribute to that. But this season was a weird season at the end of the day. It was, you know, COVID-filled season. Ohio State definitely had COVID problems at one point. You saw Chris Olave out at times. And I'm not going to blame that on Justin Fields. And he definitely had some problems. But I think Kyle Shanahan and that great staff in San Francisco can fix that. You give him an automatic weapon in George Kittle, you know, that's going to help him immediately. So to me, I think you're trading up. You're not going to go for more of a project, not a project, but more a guy who, you know, a little more developmental needs in Trey Lance. To me, this is a move for Justin Fields. I think you don't trade up unless you're getting this guy at this pick. I'm going to keep doing it. Carolina at four. Um, Unfortunately, Denver Broncos to six dream has died uh, with the trade this week. So I'm going to keep rolling. Carolina Panthers, they will get a quarterback and they will trade up here with the Atlanta Falcons to get one. Uh, Even though it's in the division, I think Atlanta will be presented with the best deal from Carolina. So they'll ultimately accept it. So quarterback is the team need number one. Cornerback also a need. Tight end is a need. Guard, middle linebacker will never be the same since Luke Keekley departed. But like I said, they're going quarterback and it's going to be Trey Lance. Trey Lance, great prospect. He's got tons of speed. Um, People really like the upside. Obviously opted out, so we didn't see him this past season. Only flaw for him, and that's the reason I didn't pick him at four. Really hasn't competed against the best of the best. North Dakota State has never really played the top-tier teams like Ohio State is playing the non-power. I don't think they're in the power five. No, they're not. Um, Obviously, though, Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State, so they do have a history of breeding talent, specifically at quarterback, and he will be entering the draft with, uh, you know, a star left tackle. And Dylan Riddens from North Dakota State. So, Trey Lance going to be the fourth overall pick in this one. This is a pick that I really struggled with. Um, to me, their top need, though, interestingly enough, is linebacker. Um, they're really, really thin at that. Tight end is number two. Drew Samples, their guard. They need help. Wide receiver, they need help as well. Oh, tackle. To me, this is between two players, between Kyle Pitts and Tanae Sewell. Um, you know, it's a really tough decision. They want to give Joe Burrow that other weapon. And that Riley Reef signing is, you know, makes it a little more difficult. But it's a one-year deal. Jonah Williams still a bit unproven, so I truly don't believe you can pass up protecting Joe, protecting Joe Burrow with the generational tackle in Panay Sewell. You just can't miss this pick in my eyes, even though Kyle Pitts is, is generational talent. And both of these picks are sensational. To me, Joe Burrow needs protection. Riley Reef, it's a one-year deal. If it was maybe a three-year deal, I think this would be different. I think they'd go Kyle Pitts. But Riley Reef, one-year deal, just in case Panay Sewell goes before. They truly don't know what's going to happen. I believe Riley Reef more of a filler for them. And Jonah Williams still a bit unproven there. So I think they go O-tackle. And with the sixth pick, it will not be the Denver Broncos taking a quarterback, sadly. The Miami Dolphins traded for this pick. Team needs for me, offensive tackle, number one, guard at two. They need help on the whole line. D-tackle is third. Um, you know, Wilkins is more an edge at this point, so they need help with the tackle. They lost Devon Godshow. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, yeah. but we're rolling with it. Two New England. Quarterback to me, two is still a bit unproven, so I'm going to put it there, halfback. I think they addressed wide receiver. But that said, I still think they're taking a wide receiver. 
And I'm going to go with someone different. I do believe Jamar Chase is the better player, but I think they've committed themselves to Tua Tagovailoa oh. this week. Oh. And I think they're going to draft him, his fellow wide receiver from Alabama, Devonta Smith. I do believe that Jamar Chase is the better player, but I do believe with the commitment to a Tiger Iola at quarterback now, they're not going to be trading for Deshaun Watson. They're going to get him his guy, a guy he's comfortable with, the guy he's played with. He's also the Heisman winner. He's still got no guy um, to uh, to fret. And also, I do believe you know he will put on a little bit of weight to get in the league. They can adjust. And, you know, I think this is the pick for them. Um, to me, I think they want someone who too is comfortable with. He didn't really look too comfortable in that offense. And I don't think bringing in Jamar Chase, who is a generational talent, potentially wide receiver. Devonta Smith's a very good talent as well. And to me, um, I think they're pretty similar. So I'd rather go with the guy that Tua already has built-in chem with. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. To me, their number one need offensive tackle. They do have Taylor Decker, the Buckeye at left tackle. But the right tackle is kind of a, a mess at the moment. Quarterback, team need Jared Goff, not the answer. Linebacker is, you know, they got just the aging Patriots guys there, it seems. D-tackle wide receiver. Um, but for this pick, I've tended to go with Rashawn Slater here. I'm going to mix it up today, and I'm going to give the Detroit Lions Jamar Chase. Like I said, I do believe he is the better prospect out of him and Devonta Smith. But, um, like I said, I do believe chemistry things. Maybe we'll give Devonta Smith to Miami. But Jamar Chase, generational talent. Um, whoever the quarterback of the future happens to be in Detroit is going to get this guy. They obviously really lost all their main guys this year, and in Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, both not with the team anymore. So they need to re- reestablish themselves at wide receiver. So for me, they got to go wide out here. Jamar Chase, um, you know, just the right pick here. And he'll be the leading group through that uh, that wide receiver here for years to come. Eighth pick, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, team needs guard. Um, you know, really, they just have some bums there. They lost Alec Mack. So really, all interior line is from outside linebacker to me. Still an issue there. Cornerback, they need help. AJ Terrell, really the only guy. Um, they lose Desmond or Desmond Trufano didn't even be on the team for a while. So I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, I believe so. he was playing in, he was in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, now I think he's somewhere else this year. He might've moved from Detroit actually. Um, safety. They just basically just fed their safeties to Dallas so they could use him out there and left end is a need for me, but I've mocked this. I believe in the first one, I believe I moved away from him in the second, but the Atlanta Falcons will go with Patrick Sertain the second to me, the best cornerback in the draft. I know you had JC Horn to me. Uh, you two, the horn of JC went a little too heavy there. Patrick's retained. That's just been the best cornerback in college football these past few years. He's gone against the best and he's done the best. Um, and to me, you know, JC Horn, great combine, but Patrick's retained, you know, his, his, uh, or not combine, but his pro day was nothing to sniff at either. He's a great cornerback, established talent, comes from Alabama. You know, those guys are always uh, ready to go in the NFL. So for me, you got to go Patrick Sertain and, you know, you'll pair him uh, in a young cornerback group. And I think it's a great, Great fit for Patrick Sertain. Number nine, the Denver. He's, he's on the Bears now. He's on the Bears. So he's moving around a bit. Who, De- Trufant. Yeah, I knew he was somewhere else. So Trufant is on the Bears. Um, quarterback as the number one need for the Denver Broncos has had mocked them. D end, uh, kind of a need for them too. Offensive tackle is a problem. Middle linebacker. Um, they got like that Johnson bomb. He sucks. Center, um, you know, not really a spot where they're going to be picking here. Creed Humphrey, obviously the best in the class. He won't be going at number nine. So, the Denver Broncos, I'm going to be going with Mac Jones here, the quarterback. I think Denver is going to move on from Drew Locke. And Mac Jones, to me, uh, kind of a good fit. I mean, you look at the you look at the coaching staff there. Um, they've got a great, great head coach in Vic Fangio. He's a great guy. Uh, Drew Locke hasn't worked out with him, but I think you put Mac Jones, even under the wing of John Elway there, um, it kind of reminds me of a little Peyton manning a style as well, kind of a pocket passer, a little weird. He kind of like throws like him a little bit too, like kind of a weird style. So maybe Peyton assists him a little bit, helps the kid out. But I think Mac Jones, just a fit, even, you know, bench him for a year. You can do whatever you want with him. But, um, you know, for me, there's established wideouts there. 
Jerry Judy's already there. I know Mac Jones really didn't play too much with Jerry Judy, but he did at the end of the year when the when two was banged up. So Mac Jones has experience with Judy, maybe a nice fit there. And uh, I think for Denver, it's just uh, a way to change the tides. And uh, you know, Mac Jones good fit there. Number ten, your Dallas Cowboys, and this is a uh, this is an interesting pick. You actually mocked them, I believe, in the first one. This pick, D tackles their number one. Uh, need in my eyes just a weak spot there tight end I'm not sold on the Schultz and, and Jarwin duo to me it's just uh, I'm not loving it cornerback they lost some guys so definitely a spot where they could look um, here center um, since Frederick retired it's just been a disaster and right outside linebacker um, you know Van Der Esch plays on the left right is just you know whoever's feeling it from the streets on a given day so um, with the 10th pick, huh it'll be Neil Smith Layton Oh, Neil's going to play right outside linebacker. He's playing linebacker now. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably going to be a disaster. So um, they still could be looking for right outside linebacker in this draft. But with this pick, you got to take the best talent on the board. The fact that he fell here, you have to take him. And that's Kyle Pitts. Such a Jerry Judy selection here. And I think it's just the perfect <laughs> yeah, fit. Yeah, Jerry Judy. Um, Dak, yeah, I mean, you give Dak another weapon. Um, you know, it, it's just the right fit here. I normally would probably give Caleb Farley to the Dallas Cowboys, but with that injury, I'm not as big on a J.C. Horn guy, and I don't think Jerry Jones is going to go and give J.C. Horn and make him a Cowboy at the 10th pick. That to me is just – it's not going to happen here. When Kyle Pitts is on the board, you take Kyle Pitts. You don't miss on Kyle Pitts if you're the Dallas Cowboys. That happened with C.D. Lamb last year, so I really expect the same thing to happen, especially in the tight end group. It's not really – you know, neither of those guys are quite elite, kind of nice depth options, and they play um, – you know, they do have multiple tight end sets, I believe, there. So – I'm not the worst case scenario, but Kyle Pitts, Dallas Cowboys, put it in stone. The New York Giants, um, you know, they signed Kenny Yadis. For me, I don't think they're going receiver here anymore. They've got a great established young group. They've got, obviously, Galladay, Sterling Shep, and uh, Darius Slayton, who I believe they're high on. So right tackle and center, um, immediate needs on that O-line. They need help. Outside linebacker as a whole could use some more. Quarterback, got to do it. Daniel Jones, not the answer in my eyes. And left end. Um, the guy to go opposite. I believe Dexter Lawrence plays there, but that guy's a stiff. He sucks. He's been a boss <laughs> out of Clemson. But this pick, um, for me, um, you know, this is a really good move that G-Men get him. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Giants as a whole just need O-line help. So bringing in Slater, he's going to be able to plug in somewhere, and specifically at right tackle. Um, you know, you pair him and Andrew Thomas on the offensive tackle. That's a good, solid, young offensive uh, foundation there. And he used back-to-back picks on O-line. I think it's a smart move for the Giants. And, you know, Slater does fall to 11. Um, you know, with the Kenny Galladay signing, to me, it's just a smarter move. Um, they need that help. They need to protect Daniel Jones, give him more time in the pocket. Because, um, you know, Daniel Jones under pressure when he gets, you know, under in those situations, tends to fumble, tends to panic. So if you can give Daniel Jones a little more time with some of these more established weapons and also give more protection for Saquon Barkley, I think you're going to be in a really good spot. So Slater, for me, is the pick um, big man out of Northwestern. Number 12. Philadelphia Eagles via San Fran from Miami. Um, you know, this team, they need some help. Cornerback, um, you know, I, I put it a fifth need for me right now. I don't know why I start from the bottom. But number one need, linebacker. Couldn't name a single guy there. So um, that's going to be your, your top need. Wide receiver, big need there. Um, really no established guys. Obviously, they got some young guys. And Rager, or Shaga Whiteside, I believe, still on that team. But, you know, they've they've missed on wide receivers. Fears on rail. Left guard, they need, um, you know, really the other four positions are, are more established guys, um, guys who have played there. Um, quarterback, you don't know what Hurts is going to, you know, you had this there too. We don't know Hurts. He's only played a few games, small sample size. Cornerback, definitely a need. But for me, Philadelphia, going to go with the best wideout left on the board, and that's Jalen Waddle. Um, 
for me, he's the third guy that will fall. I know you have him more as the second. For me, Waddle is the third. I think he's a good fit. He's a guy who can do multiple things. He's a great special teamer as well as a great wideout. So Eagles, definitely no team. Um, you know, definitely a team that could use help on the special teams. They've had great special teams in the year with guys like Darren Sproles, Sean Jackson. So Waddle, for me, can, can really look to replicate that. And, you know, like you said, he's a great guy, great downfield threat. But he also has that size. He's a little bigger than a guy like a Devonta Smith. So he's going to be able to size up better some of these NFL-level cornerbacks. Quarterbacks, And uh, I think we'll see him having a great level of success, obviously. Um, you know, had fantastic seasons with Tua and, you know, was looking good before he had that injury. So Jalen Waddle, um, definitely a great pick for the Eagles at number 12. Number 13 for the Los Angeles Chargers, um, you know, good offseason so far, I would say. They signed Corey Lindsley. I like that move a lot. Obviously, um, they did lose Hunter Henry, which hurts. Um, I think I just forgot tight end on here. I guess they signed Jared Cook, so that's probably why I left it off. They did bring in Jared Cook. So for the in short term, uh, tight end, not one of their bigger needs. <laughs> D-tackle off the tackle needs. Um, guards. You know, it's always a mess with them. Linebacker, um, you know, they did draft um, Kenneth Murray last year. He hasn't quite panned out the way they wanted. They do have some other guys there, but still a need. Um, and cornerback outside of Chris Harris, it's shaky. Obviously, I believe they released Casey Hayward, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, who still hasn't been signed. So we'll see what happens with Casey Hayward. But for me, I don't even know who I have picked. Oh, Micah Parsons enters oh, at 13. Had a good pro day. Huh? Parsons and Murray. I like it. Yeah. Um, Micah Parsons, for me, had a good pro day. I believe he ran a 4-3-something um, on his 40-yard dash. Uh, and to me, he's just, you know, probably, honestly, the best defensive player on the board here. And, you know, for the Chargers team that's built on defense, this team would have some really big playmakers. Um, you know, Parsons, without those character issues, to me, potentially would be a top five, top seven kind of guy. Um, you know, those character issues have sent them down in a lot of people's mock drafts and boards. But for me, Micah Parsons, he obviously opted out. So some of these opt-out guys, I think we'll start shifting back up towards um, these later projections. And once they have their pro dates and combine, they'll reestablish themselves. But people haven't seen them in a while, so they fall. And then there's all that recency bias. But for me, Parsons, such a talent. I was so good for Penn State. And, you know, I think for the Chargers who need help at linebacker, this is just the right move for them. He's the best player on the board defensively. And he just happens to fit one of their biggest defensive needs. So Micah Parsons to the Chargers, I really like this selection for him. 14, Minnesota Vikings. I think it's pretty obvious this is an offensive line pick here for them. They lost Riley Reef. They did bring in – no, I don't – did they bring in Pat Eichmann? Is that them who brought him in or someone like that? Or they brought in – they brought in someone, I know. It may have been Pat. It may no, have. I don't think it was Pat. I think it was someone else because they had Pat. I think it was like – it was Matt Eifler or something like that. Well, bottom line, um, they need safety help up. as well. They, who was it? I'll look that up for you while you, while you go through the okay. pick. Thank you. Um, so they definitely need help at safety with the loss of Anthony Harris. Tight end needs help. They lose Kyle Rudolph. Irv Smith, the only guy there. And quarterback, Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's aging. He'll, he'll, he'll need help eventually. So with this 14th pick, I think they take Christian Darisaw, the offensive tackle. For me, offensive tackle, the weakest spot on this whole line. I mean, you just, you just lost arguably your best guy there, um, I believe. Um, so Christian Darisaw is going to be a big guy you can plug in. He's a big boy, too. I mean, you look at the size of this man, um, you know, nothing new, uh, you know, no one's going to be excited to, uh, to match up with Mr. Christian. And I think that's a big thing for them. Um, trying to look at the stat here. It is 6'5", 314 pounds. I mean, this guy's huge. So yes. at the end of the day, um, no one's going to be excited to, to go against Christian. And I think, you know, bringing protection for Kirk for Dalvin Cook, that's the key. So Darisol on the outside, I really like this move 
uh, for the Vikings here. Yep. And so release Riley Reef, and they traded a sixth round pick uh, to the Cardinals for Mason Cole. Mason Cole. Okay. So that guy's kind of a stiff still, but he'll at least be on the team. <laughs> um, so for New England Patriots, really good offseason. This list of team needs looks a lot different than our last mock draft before free yeah. agency. For me, their number one team need is still quarterback. I'm not sold on Cam Newton. I just, I, I just don't believe in him. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this year. Wide receiver number two. They have those guys, but they just sent a bunch of mediocre guys in my eyes. I mean, Edelman's aging. I mean, Nelson Aguilar sucks. Um, Kendrick Bourne could be solid. Nikhil Harry's you know, has improved himself, so need there. Halfback again, kind of similar thing. They just have a bunch of average guys. Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White. I mean, a good, good group, but they don't have that standout guy. D end is a need. I think, you know, that left side potentially they could use some help on, um, you know, they really kind of have just vets like Henry Anderson, Lawrence guy playing there. They could really use another guy there and safety um, specifically strong safety. I know they drafted Kyle Duggar, um, but yeah. Patrick Chung did retire. So there's somewhat of a need. Devin McCourty getting up there in, or yeah, Devin, Devin plays for safety. So Devin, you know, he's getting up there in age, you know, you could always look to replenish, but for me, your favorite guy, and that's Quiddy pay first for the first time enter my top 15. Um, you know, look at the big man there. Um, just another good pick. I feel like that D line for New England is probably the weaker part of the weakest part of that defense right now. The secondary is pretty strong, linebacking core really strong. Um, so for me, Quiddy Pay is just a good move for them. Um, you know, it gives you youth and you know on that D line, and I think they need that, especially that edge. Um, you know, obviously, you know Henry Anderson, Lawrence guys, those guys are vets. Um, they'll be good guys. Quiddy Pay not under pressure to play right away. He can kind of take under those guys, um, learn from them learn from uh, Bill Palachuk and that great, uh, some of the great players on that New England team, like Matt Judon, and then he'd be lined up on the same side. Of. So mm-hmm. me, Quiddy Pay, really good opportunity in New England. And, uh, you know, he's a great player as well. Uh, Mac gave the good scouting report on him. So I'll leave that uh, to <laughs> Mac there. 16, welcome Arizona. Like you said, to draft day and to the outside of the arena mock draft. Um, they need guard help in my eyes. Obviously this traded Mason Cole. So, you know, creating a need. They did trade for Rodney Hudson, the center from the Vegas Raiders. So good move there. They need D tackle help as well. Not the strongest point. They obviously have good, um, really great other members of that front seven. Cornerback, the release, Pat Pete. Um, they did sign Malcolm Butler, but one year deal. So once again, kind of a filler. Tight end, I believe like Max Williams is their starter. Um, and Dan Arnold. I mean, those guys are whatever. Halfback, Chase Edmonds, really the lead back now. Definitely could use an upgrade. But for me here, Vic is Caleb Farley. Um, for me, he does fall. You had him also going to Arizona. To me, still above J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn, great pro day. But to me, you still got to take these these top two guys, 13 and Farley, before you you dabble with J.C. Horn. There's a little bit more risk. I think Farley and 13 are more sure things in my eyes. But Caleb Farley, great talent. Obviously, having that surgery. But I don't think his ref stock will be too affected. Obviously, I do have him falling a few spots. So I don't think a team will potentially take him top 10, top 12. I think it's going to be more of this Arizona Cardinals team is going to come in, get a chance to get a young corner, which they don't really have right now. So um, to me, this great chance for them to get young and to get a player who, you know, potentially is, um, you know, it's kind of reminds me of the Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons situation. I mean, a guy who's ranked higher and you get him a little, uh, little later than you potentially expected him to be there. Um, so good move there. And if him and Simmons can pan out, that would be one heck of a secondary. Vegas Raiders. Ooh, I'm getting tired. They need guard help. They need cornerback help. Um, they need center help. I mean, they need a lot of help um, at those positions. Um, really don't have many guys there. Right tackle, another need for them. Um, you know, left side. They, I mean, they traded Trent Brown, so they don't even got too much help there. But I believe they have, I believe they have Colton Miller who will play one of those positions. I believe he's still on the team. I might be totally okay. wrong. 
an outside linebacker for them. They do have Corey Littleton on the other side. Um, I believe the right side, that'll be definitely a spot for them to get some help. So for me, for this one, that top need guard, I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker, um, you know, really good player out of USC. You know, if we dabble into the scouting report a little bit, you know, he's a really good initial position kind of guy. He gets, you know, movement at the point of attack, but you want to see in the run game, especially with the team that's going to be focusing on that with Josh Jacobs, as well as Kenyon Drake. And, you know, he's pretty smooth, an average body control as well. And, you know, he has a pretty good feel for the game. So that's kind of the guy you want. Um, you know, I'd say all around doesn't really have a, a gaping weakness. So, you know, might not be a superstar, superstar off in the back of like a Panace, or, or off in the line like a Penny Sewell. But, you know, he's a really good guy and a guy that, you know, I expect to be a very quality guard in the league for years to come. So there's a little Senec draft analysis for you, courtesy of ESPN+. Plus. Um, Miami <laughs> Dolphins picking at 18. Um, they need some offensive tackle help for sure. Um, you know, right now, you know, they drafted that guy from, from USC last year, I believe Austin Jackson hasn't quite panned out right tackle. Not really sure who's going to be doing the duties there guard another spot. I mean, the O-line really needs some help in general D tackle. I mean, I went through these already, so I don't know why I'm already saying them, but bottom line, they're going to keep Greg Rousseau in Miami to me, um, the best edge left on the board. Greg Rousseau, obviously opt out, but you know, you can't forget what this guy was doing before the opt out. He was fantastic. He was electric 15 and a half sacks. Um, and, you know, seventh, tied for seventh that year in tackles for loss with 19 and a half. Um, you know, he's a redshirt freshman that year. This kid's a stud. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's a steal for Miami. They need edge help. Um, you, you pair him up across the time with Christian Wilkins, and, and this is a stud D line for me. You've obviously got the boy, Andrew Van Ginkle. He's going to be stepping oh, yeah. up his role this year yeah. on that defense with the release of Kyle Van Noy. So, to me, um, pretty solid numbers of the front seven there. And for me, Greg Rousseau, um, just a good fit and, you know, it's where you go here. You build on the trenches and uh, Miami um, to me, you know, those, since those top three O tackles are gone, I'm not sure they go quite here um, for maybe an offensive tackle like a Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state. I feel like Greg Rousseau, keep him in Miami. I feel like teams like to do that. We saw that with, um, you know, one that comes to mind, the Cleveland Browns and, and um, goodness gracious, Denzel Ward. Football team, um, you know, first three needs is clear. The left side and their team could use some work. Left tackle, since Trent Williams has been a hole, um, I believe, I don't even know who's playing there. I know Morgan Moses is on the right, but left tackles and need linebacker. Oh, I guess that's a linebacker, but left side of their linebacker could use help. But linebacker, they do have Cole Holcomb, who I believe is a good player there. But um, other than that, um, not really a stud there. Left guard, another need. Um, they need someone to pair with Sheriff, but obviously – you do have Brandon Sheriff, and um, their center is very good to him. Blanking on the name, but so the interior all line is not necessarily a huge need. Quarterback long term is a need. Taylor Hennecke, I'm not sure he's quite the franchise guy. We've really only seen two games from him. Obviously, you know he looked pretty good there, Mr. Heineken himself. And Fitz Magic is a one year kind of option. And tight end, I mean, I was looking at team need for me tight end just in terms of depth. Logan Thomas is a great guy. Um, you know, outside of him though, you really don't have anyone there. So. The, you know, lack of ability to run two tight end sets right now, which I think are so valuable in the NFL. Whew. But for me, Washington football team, they're going to go with an interesting pick here. A little bit of a reach here, potentially, with Aziz Ojolari, a linebacker from Georgia. And, you know, I'm going to be honest here. A bunch of these linebackers, I think they're all in similar boats. You know, you obviously have Jeremiah Ozukurama, um, you know, good pronunciation there by my end. Zayvon Collins, another good guy. And, you know, obviously, uh, Mr. Ojulari himself. I like him. Um, to be honest, you know, I don't know too much about him. I just like him. I like the name. I like the style. I like the play style. And, you know, I think he's had success, obviously, 
You mentioned how he had, you know, lack of success against a guy like Kevin Jenkins. That happens to guys. I mean, we saw Chase Young really get caught up in a Rashawn Slater matchup. Was Chase yeah. Young a boss? No, Chase Young was fantastic. <laughs> so I don't think we can get too caught up on these little matchups per se. Obviously, you want to see him have success. But at the same time, I think, you know, Kevin Jenkins is just a great offensive tackle. And that happens sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, this is a good pick for the football team. I feel like it's just a Ron Rivera pick for me. I don't know. I just feel like someone who, yeah. you know, has been there, has been in these big games for me. Um, obviously, you could look at Jeremiah Uwusu Kodama as another guy who has been in big games. But to me, I don't know. A guy out of Georgia, I, I, don't, I just feel like it's, you know, one of those picks where you can see something weird happen. So I went with something weird. I don't really have too much reasoning behind it, but I went with it. And lastly, the Chicago Bears, they need quarterback Andy Dolan, and it's just not the, not the answer there. Safety help, obviously, Eddie Jackson, the pro bowler, is fantastic. Um, but, you know, you need a strong safety to pair with them. And right now they don't really have anyone right tackle cornerback and right guard finish out their needs. But this is where I have your boy, JC Horn going, not going to be in the top 10 for me, but JC Horn, third best cornerback for sure. He has established that in my eyes as the top three corner in this draft. I think this is the right spot for him to go. I think he could have gone definitely higher, but it's just a matter of, of demand and, and what other teams need. And for me, this is just about where he's going to end up falling. Um, you know, great corner. Like you said, he ran a very fast comment. Uh, very fast 40 yard dash at the combine and you know he, he kind of has all the tools 6 one, 205 so he's got size um, as a corner you know he's not the, a little guy you don't want to see one of these little guys um, and you know uh, to me he's just not quite there you know I, I think he you know some of his cover skills ball skills I feel like you know he could use work in those areas potentially but you know he's great instincts great speed guy great durability um, you know really really productive when he's been on the field so for me JC Horn third best corner on the board and I think the Chicago Bears will look to replace Kyle Fuller with JC Horn. So now fading back to the 21 through 32, some different guys on the board than Mac had for sure. Number 21, Tevin Jenkins. To me, the Indianapolis Colts have a gaping hole at left tackle. Um, to me, I think they could go edge and look for edge, but to me, they have options there. They have more options than potentially to place at left tackle. And I think you want to protect Carson Wentz. I think trading for Wentz, you know, that he, uh, with him is giving him a great O-line, giving him tons of time in that pocket. So Marie, Tevin Jenkins, great offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. You kind of went into some of the tangibles, but this guy's a big guy. He's 6'6", 320. Um, you know, he started 20 games at right tackle, six games at left. So obviously I'd have him, um, you know, being a left tackle here. He's athletic, flashes good power. He's smooth. Um, you know, he, he tends to hold his ground as well, which you like to see. Um, you know, he's also a, a guy you can have depth. He's played both tackles and he's played some guard as well. So, um, you know, that's what, you know, I like, you know, he could be, end up being a guard, but you know, we'll see. Um, I think they take a chance on Tevin Jenkins to play some tackle 22 out of Kadarius Tony. This guy really has, has established himself, uh, as a great wide out threat. Obviously we saw him play with Kyle Trask and that great offense. Me, he's the, he's the fourth best wide receiver on the board. Obviously you can look at guys like Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall. I've been let him down. Um, you know, Rondell Moore, I'm not as huge on He's, he's a small guy to me. Um, five, nine. I'm not sold on it. I don't think it's necessarily what you want. I think you want to go with a little size, a little bit of speed. I think Canarius Tony is kind of the perfect fit, um, you know, for this Tennessee team. They pair him against A.J. Brown. He'll replace Corey Davis. So, for me, Tennessee definitely needs to look wide out um, for sure and need there. New York Jets, um, Najee Harris, it's just the right pick. You had him there as well. They need help with running back. They can't go into the season without a running back. And I think people who are mocking other players of this draft are fools. Um, the Jets got to go with a halfback. I mean, they could wait and take one of those North Carolina running backs, uh, Trevion Williams or um, whatever the other guy's name is. Um, but, you know, they got to go with Najee Harris. He's the best running back in the class. 
Um, you know, immediately, you know, obviously, without offensive tackle help, it could be a problem. So the Jets do need to make sure they prioritize offensive tackle help. But I think giving Zach Wilson and, and Najee Harris, you just signed Corey Davis, you're setting up the fundamentals for that offense for the future. And, the, and that's what I like to see from the New York Jets. And Najee Harris, definitely a smart pick. 24, I have the offensive tackle in North Dakota State, Dylan Rodunz. Um, you know, Dylan's a, he's an interesting guy. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't know too much about him, but the one thing I know is that the Pittsburgh Steelers need a lot of help on the offensive line. I mean, that team need, um, if I had the team needs pulled up, it'd almost be the whole line. You see Pouncey retired, Bill in the wave. I don't believe they're going to be able to bring back um, their left guard, I believe was Matt Leichler or whatever that guy's name was, Matt something, I believe um, he's gone. Um, so they need a lot of offensive line help. And, you know, I think, you know, they would love to go with the ETN here, but they can't. They got to go for offensive line because, you know, this team, they have a lot of needs right now. They're in a really rough spot. They're going to have to pay a lot of guys next year. This team's in a rough spot. So I think establishing someone on the offensive line is key for them. Jacksonville, I don't have them taking your boy, the safety. I have them taking Zayvon Khan, the linebacker, out of, I believe, Tulsa is where this brother went to college. Just going to confirm that on my little sheet right now. And, yes, Kevin Cole. Wait, where is he? Give me a second. I gotta find Mr. Taven. It, it, it is Tulsa. Um, it is Tulsa. It is Tulsa. I just want to find him on the sheet. Zaven Collins. I called him Taven. Jesus. Zaven Collins. Um, really good player in my eyes. He's really productive when he's been on the field. Obviously, Tulsa not the highest level of competition, but he's shown. You know, he's had. He's had. He has the stats. I mean, eighty-five tackles this past year. One and a half sacks. One interception. You'd like to see more in that end in terms of the sacks and the interceptions, but. You know, he's someone who, you know, who the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be able to plug in to that linebacker core. They obviously have Joe Sherb, Joe Schobert, but to me, um, they need someone like a Zayvon Collins to pair with them, get some pressure. And I think definitely this pick would be a defensive one. Um, this team definitely can look there. 26, a little interesting guy that I've seen some of the experts and, and some of the really high-end guys like. So I decided to put him on my Cleveland Browns. OHIO, shout out to Stipe Miocic, <laughs> who will be looking to defend his title tonight against Francis and gone and Ganu. There we go. I got that. I forgot the last name okay. for a second or how to pronounce it. Um, the second match, obviously, Stephen dominated the first one. I love the UFC. I know Max not as huge on it. I wish we could discuss it more, but we're not going to do it. Obviously, I got. Uh, I, I, just gotta get Sunday. I just got to get the pay per view. Yeah, the pay per view. I mean, if it was not a hundred dollars essentially every time, maybe we'd be more into it. But I, I've really fallen in love with the UFC yeah. for sure. Dad, if you're watching, you this, can go. my dad, we we want to get into it, but he's like, I'll pay for the pay per view but I'm not here for the ESPN plus. So we're stuck with not watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the five, it's, he's fine with the 60, but the extra five, it's, it's where it, it's yeah. off the line. Yeah. But bottom line, Cleveland's very own Stephen Miocic will look to defend his heavyweight title, the greatest heavyweight of all time in UFC history, man. So good luck to Stipe, but Jamin Davis going to go here. The junior um, linebacker out of Kentucky. Look, I like this kid a lot. Um, you know, he, he's high. People really like his skills, um, his on-ball skills. Um, you know, he can do a lot. He's, he's very versatile. Um, you can move him around. You can, you know, do whatever you want. He didn't play too, too much this year. I believe he only had nine tackles and a pick. So, um, I don't believe it. I don't – that was probably because of injury or something. But I do believe this kid has the talent. I believe he has, you know, the potential skills to put it together. Um, and, you know, a lot of the experts are high on them. So, I'm going to listen to the experts and, and incorporate him. But I do believe the Browns need to go linebacker. Um, you know, outside of, you know, and they got some guys in the middle in that linebacker. They did sign Anthony Walker from the Colts, but outside linebackers, it's definitely a spot. So Jamin Davis can fill that hole. 
27, the Baltimore Ravens. They need some help at the wide receiver position for sure. They obviously did go out sign. They signed. They signed someone. I know. Uh, they went out and signed Sammy Watkins. They went out and signed. Yeah. Um, but still, they need guys. And Rashad Bateman, such a talent. I mean, when this guy played his junior year or the year before at Minnesota, I mean, he was a stud there. Um, he was lighting up the Big Ten corners. I mean, I remember when he. I don't know if they played Ohio State, but you know, some of those games. I mean, he was just lighting up. You know, first, second round picks. So this guy's the real deal. I think you know, pro day. Combine come along. This guy's going to reestablish himself. People have forgotten about him a little bit and his talent. But Baltimore needs a deep, deep thrilled, a deep field threat that also has some size. You know, Hollywood Brown, not the biggest size guy. For me, Rashad Bateman, a long-term kind of guy they can put there. 28, I like this pick. Terrace Marshall, another guy they're keeping in the state. I love these little keep in the state kind of things. And I think with some of these wide receivers, you want to do that. You want to get a guy who loves the area, loves being there. And Terrace Marshall's that guy. The fans are going to be excited about him. Great guy out of LSU. I mean, he can really do it all there. Uh, 6'4", 200 pounds, um, you know, 48 catches, 731 yards, 10 touchdowns this past year. So this kid, you know, he can score. He can do it downfield. I mean, that that reception of yard ratio, um, yards per yards per catch, I mean, it's really good on that. It's 48 per 731. You're averaging almost, you know, near, you're probably 15, 16 yards per, per catch. So that's awesome with 10 tutties on 48 catches. So um, almost, you know, 20% of your catches, more than that, uh, yeah. you know, were touchdowns. So Terrace Marshall, um, you know, really good kid. Um, you know, played on a really good team as well. Um, but to me, I like the pick, and I think Terrace March is just someone you can you can plug around and keep him in the state of New Orleans. But I agree, New Orleans need the wide receiver to pair with Michael Thomas and Terrace Marshall's that guy. Green Bay, this guy fall fell um, in my thing, um, and I think it just came out of need. I mean, some of these other teams, the Zayman Collins, Jamin Davis, little weird picks, um, but Jeremiah Osu Kodamoa, I love this guy. Um, you know, 70 tackles and five and a half sacks this year. He's great. He's so good. Um, you know, he's, he's has the experience. He's super productive. Um, he's durable. Um, you know, really has everything you want. Good recognition, re- recognition skills. But to me, um, he needs to get bigger and stronger. That's, you know, that's an issue. And I think that's why some of these other guys potentially go above him. To me, um, you know, he's got to figure out a little more ways to get strength. I don't know if he's quite ready for the league quite yet. So that's why I had him drop down. But I think for the Packers, we need some outside linebacker help. I agree with you. They need cornerback, but for me, there's just not a cornerback who I love or would project to them at this point. I feel like they'd be more comfortable taking a strong outside linebacker to pair with some of those great guys. They obviously have the Smith brothers, but to me, this kid is, you know, best defensive player on the board. So you got to take him. 30th overall pick. I believe you had this as well. So we have some similarities in the draft. Jalen Phillips, DN out of Miami, like you said, went on the field. He's been great. Would be a very highly ranked player, but just an inability to stay healthy. But the Bills do need edge help. So I feel like this is uh, the move for them. Another guy, similarly, we had Alex Leatherwood to the Chiefs. Um, there's a lot of good tackles here, but for me, I think the Chiefs, when they're going to be making this pick, are just going to be looking at experience and, and guys who have been there in the big stages. And for me, Alex Weather and Leatherwood, who my voice is getting died. He just fulfills that. He's played in those big games. He's gone up against that top-tier talent. He's played in college football playoff games. I mean, this is the kind of guy you want compared to, you know, I don't think he's as talented as a, as a Tevin Jenkins or those top three tackles. That's why I have him going as the fifth tackle. But I do believe that, you know, over some of these other guys, maybe like Jalen Mayfield or I guess I had Dylan Raddins too. Um, but, you know, Dylan Raddins, I do believe is a good tackle. I like what I've seen from him. But Jalen or Alex Leatherwood, there are some concerns there. Um, you know, he hasn't been the best tackle, obviously, but I do believe coming from Alabama, coming from that system, he's just the guy you want. And 32, I agree with you. They're going D and or D tap D line. Jesus. J 
Jason Owen, the guy out of Penn State for me. Um, this kid is he's so talented. Um, you know, not the best stats this year, four tackles, two sacks. Um, but to me, you know, this is a kid who people have really been high on. And the Bucks, I think, could use some edge help. Um, they obviously have Shaq Barrett. Uh, not help, but, I mean, I guess depth, I should say. Um, you look, you got Ndamukin Sue re-signed. Um, he's not going to be there long-term. JPP, um, you know, as good as their aging. So you bring Jason Owa, potentially a guy who's not going to play too much year one, but a guy who will provide depth on that D-line. He can probably slide the tackle. I mean, 6'5", 252. I feel like you could probably throw him at tackle. Maybe if he gets a little bigger, maybe he needs to gain 20 pounds or so to play some tackle. But Jason Owa, he's a valuable guy. He can get to the quarterback. And I think in terms of, uh, you know, DNs left on the board here and edge rushers left on the board, he's probably the best one. I think that's what they'll prioritize. I know you went D-tackle when Christian Barmore but to me, I think they'll rather go edge. So for me, Jason Owa, the best guy on the board, that's who Tampa Bay will take. And I am done talking. I am exhausted. What a uh, mock draft. This is a long-ass episode, too. I know it's like an hour and 20 minutes. So I think we can yeah. wrap this one up. We were I'll, talking I'll, for ages. We almost had those final uh, three picks the same. I was going to put Jason Owe too. I, I just snuck in that uh, Christian Barmore real quick. But Jason Owe, that 4-3-6, 40-yard dash, little freaking edge rush. Like, what? I had forgot to mention that. Yeah, really crazy. Talk about that athleticism, but uh, a lot of talking done today. So I guess we'll wrap this one up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess before we wrap this up, as Griffin said earlier, uh, next week, make sure to stay tuned. We're going to be doing some MLB stuff. Uh, we're going to do some predictions, award predictions, um, and really everything with the first week of baseball starting this week, of course, April 1st. Uh, so next weekend, baseball uh, stuff will be coming out. And uh, our NBA stuff, uh, we're going to see how that goes, but especially our March Madness stuff. <laughs> clips um yeah. please make sure to go subscribe to us there like comment subscribe uh that channel as well as here we're gonna be posting uh daily episodes well daily march madness episodes on uh that channel over uh on ota clips as i mentioned before we're gonna post something uh actually you know it, it, it's sunday when you're watching this make sure to go watch last night's episode and go watch today's episode as well uh make sure to follow us on our instagrams my instagram is mac.ramo griffin's instagram is griffin Senek. And our podcast Instagram is outside the arena podcast. Make sure to, and make sure and feel free to reach out to us there with any ideas. If you want to come on or anything like that, because on our OTA clips channel, uh, we're trying to get some people to come on and talk some March madness with us. So uh, please feel free to reach out uh, to us there. there, uh, If you guys want to come on and as always, we appreciate you all watching. This was a long one, uh, but if you made it till the end, we appreciate it. And we'll see you all next week.